RadioInfluence.com. Former FBI agent John Guandolo raises the curtain and shines a blazing spotlight on how communists and jihadi are working together to bring down our nation on this episode of United Patriots Uprising with Gary Benford. I'm your host, Gary Benford. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is available for download at RadioInfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hope you'll subscribe to it, leave a rating and a review, and be sure to tell your friends about the show. I've got to admit, I'm getting fired up already to attend the Rock the Red Conservative Convention held May 6th through 7th in Greenville, South Carolina. Postponed from January, it's going to truly rock with keynote speakers Laura Trump, Roger Stone, and Mike Lindell. Dr. Brian Artis, Pastor Greg Locke, and Dan Wass are among the list of stellar speakers. I'm also really looking forward to catching up with these speakers who have been on this show. Eric Cochran, John DeLemme, Claire Lopez, Trevor Loudon, co-MCs Donna Fiducia and Don Nguyen, and podcast guest John Guandolo. There's a wide variety of ticket packages to fit your needs, so go to rocktheredusa.com. That's rocktheredusa.com and check out this stellar event. Hope to see you there. You won't regret it. When I attended the Rock the Red convention for the first time in 2020, hearing John Guandolo speak truly stoked a fire in me, inspired me. I had no idea the extent of the communist and jihadi infiltration into the highest levels of our government. I was absolutely floored by what I heard. Are you aware of what's going on in these regards? If not, you're about to hear eye-opening truth, to say the least. So let's get into it. He's a frequent guest on both radio and television, as well as a much sought-after guest speaker. He graduated from the Naval Academy, is a Marine, and a former FBI agent who was assigned to the Counterterrorism Division. John advises our government, as well as others, on matters related to national security, specifically the threat from the global Islamic movement. He's the president and founder of Understanding the Threat. You have to check that out, people the only organization in America that provides the tools to leaders, police and citizens to identify and dismantle jihad, terrorists and communist networks in their local communities. And trust me, you're about to hear it firsthand. They're there. He's the author of several books, the latest name, Islam's Deception, The Truth About Sharia. I haven't talked to him in a while. I am elated to talk to again, Mr. John Guandola. How are you, John? I'm doing great. It's great to be on with you again, Gary. Yeah, same thing, John. Boy, because you really, you really set me ablaze, and you're one of the reasons I do this, because hearing you at Rock the Red back in 2020 and finding out what was really going on within our government, our schools, the churches, just the infiltration from the jihadis and the infiltration from 
you know, the communists just really, really, you know, set me ablaze. And I said I had to do something, which is one of the reasons I upped the show. Question number one, John, what's the number one threat you think today to our nation? What do you see as the number one threat? Well, that's an interesting question. I would say that the the biggest threat to uh, our country is the uh, Republican leadership and pastors who continue to fail to do their duty by educating their flocks and protecting them from the wolves that seek to destroy them. Okay. That makes a lot of sense because we would not be down this rabbit hole if everybody was doing what they were supposed to do. So break it down, what they're not doing, who are these wolves sheep, uh, wolves in sheep's clothing that they should be protecting us from that they haven't done? Well, uh, the, the threat that we face is a conglomeration of a, the global Islamic movement, the global communist movement, uh, their collaborators and their financiers. And while we at Understanding the Threat are well aware of other aspects to these threats, uh, where the rubber meets the road in the United States, and I would argue everywhere else too, especially Europe, but where the rubber meets the road, the people at the ground level in your local community that are working daily to destroy liberty and to bring the republic down uh, are the active members are the communists and the jihadis that are working very closely together, very well coordinated um, at the international, national and local levels. And so that that is the the greatest, uh, you know, adversary we face is not each one individually could bring down the republic, but they're working in such a well-coordinated effort uh, all the way down to the local level. It is, uh, it's devastating. Okay, before we talk about what they are doing, Ed, can you can you give us any insight into what it is about Republican leadership? Because you don't expect the radicals. They, they're, they're with the jihadis and the communists. They're trying to, they, they just want somebody to just bring that constitution, destroy the country. But the Republicans, conservatives, and so-called pastors, so-called people who are supposed to be followers of Jesus Christ, leading people in the way, you know, pick up your cross and follow me daily, as Jesus would say. What? Why aren't they doing this? You say they aren't. Well, why aren't they? Let, let me I'll answer that. Let me first answer that with a, a question. You know, why would a guy who's, you know, held up to be an esteemed leader in the Republican Party like Mitt Romney vote for an anti-American pro-communist uh, like the current Supreme Court justice nominee. Right. Why would he do that? I well, mean, this, my, is, this is a very clear cut case. And they the, want your answer. They know mine. They want your answer. What is wrong and, with Mitt Romney? Tell them. Well, because I think he, th these are not patriots. These people are ding, not. Ding, ding, these, ding, ding. You got it. These, these people are working and they're in cahoots with the enemies of America. And you don't get to say, well, but I thought, or he's a nice guy. No, no, he's not. And you have to understand that, that when, uh, for instance, during the uh, communist riots of Black Lives Matter and Antifa across America, Black Lives Matter, a Chinese communist organization working with Chinese communists 
in the United States and the in the Chinese consulates here. Um, those riots, uh, the narrative was they were burning down America because America is systemically racist. And when you get prominent Republicans like George W. Bush and Nikki Haley and others regurgitating communist narratives, then whether they mean to or not, they are propelling the hostile movement against the United States. When Republicans stand up and say there was no fraud in the 2020 election besides merely lying, they're participating in the narrative that is meant to destroy the republic and to destroy patriots and to criminally prosecute patriots for something that legally doesn't fit no, what the uh, know, the charge is. Yeah, so we have, we, we have people in jail for that. Yeah, we've been talking about this for a year and you're 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 just nailing it to the wall where it belongs. John, do you think they're afraid or do you think they just don't understand the ideology of communism that they don't realize that we're in a war of subversion or or, or or do you think they've just changed or you think they never were with us? Because there's a very simple thing. Either you're for me or, or you're against me when it comes to stuff like this. Right. So um, the first part of the answer is, is it doesn't matter. If somebody is doing the bidding of our enemy, it almost doesn't matter if they're doing it because they're stupid, if they're doing it because they're arrogant and they think they know, but they don't, um, or if they're doing it because they're nefarious. They're still doing it. It's still aiding the enemy, and it's still bringing uh, crushing pressure on patriots and on the uh, the republic it, itself. So it, it really matters not uh, but I think it's all of the things you said. Some people are careerists. They see things going on, but look, they're just, they want to get to the next rung. Some people are close to retirement and they're trying not to rock the boat. And they don't realize that the boat is already, you know, halfway underwater. Um, so it's a, it's a variety of reasons, but a, a number of people are nefarious and, and those people um, have to be dealt with. And again, it doesn't matter why you're committing treason, whether you know you are or not. If you're committing treason, you're still committing treason. I hear you. John, I have a question for you. How, how are you in math? Now, if you went to the Naval Academy, you got to be a really smart guy. Now, how, how'd you do in math? Because I'm going to ask you an equation question, but how were how you in math? Math is my favorite. I get uh, I take some heat from... Uh, uh, my children, because I'm a, I'm a little bit of a geek, I like uh, I actually have a calculus book, and I occasionally work through it and do stuff because to me that's fun. <laughs> well, math has never been fun to me. I uh, be honest here. I was in English. You know, I did well in, in writing and English and music and stuff like that and fine art things you could do, but math never even to today. So I'm going to ask you one math question. One math question, okay. as it applies in America. Are you ready? I'm, and I'm going to give you a mic drop opportunity. In other words, I'm going to ask the question, drop the mic, and just sit back and let you go and answer this question. Uh -oh. Because it's a math equation. In America, 100 years of the communist movement plus 
60 years of the Islamic Islamic movement equals what? Once again, there's the question. In America, 100 years of the communist movement plus 60 years of the Islamic movement equals? I would add to the equation. Plus, no action <laughs> by American leaders equals the destruction of the republic. Wrap it down. I mean, that's it right there. You have, um, and this is one thing I want, I want to make sure people understand. These movements, and we use the word movement because that's a, it's a term of art, that, that it is a complete societal movement. This is political warfare. You know, uh, Karl Marx created it, formulated it, Lenin operationalized it, and Mao perfected it. And Mao's political warfare model is a, is a form of real war, and it is about destroying a society by entering the society like a cancer and by uh, destroying it from within at all levels, economically, socially, culturally, militarily, everything. And that is what has been happening in America for 100 years. And minus a few blips, like the eight years of Ronald Reagan, although his efforts were primarily focused externally on the Soviet Union, uh, besides the years where we had the House on Un-American Activities Committee and uh, aggressively pursued spies and communists inside our system, that has been over for about 60 years. So um, these folks have been left uh, untouched for a long, long time. And in my opinion and in my experience, um, you know, I tell people, if you throw a wet sock down in your basement, I don't know what it's going to become in six months, but whatever it is, isn't going to be pretty. And um, we've allowed this cancer to grow unimpeded for a long time. We've allowed them to piece by piece um, undermine the the key systems where the principles of the republic, especially the, the moral standard for the constitutional republic, which is the law of nature, nature's God, uh, has stopped being taught for, well, 60 years. Um, you know, there's a reason the Bible was in American schools from 1603 to 1965. And um, because the law of nature and the law of nature's God legally defined at the time of the founding is the will of God as he reveals himself in creation and holy scripture, the moral standard for our laws, they knew once you remove that, then you can create any law you want. And then the standard for the law no longer exists. So we can kill babies and that's okay because there's no moral standard and we're not teaching it to our children anymore. We haven't for 60 years. And you can do things like take people's property because you want to build a mall and you're going to call that, you're going to make a legal argument despite the fact the right to property uh, is an unalienable right. You can tell people that because 
these people or this person used a weapon to do something horrific, we're going to come and we are going to strip you of your natural right to defend yourself, a natural right, an unalienable right to defend yourself. And therefore, as the scholars have all agreed, you therefore have the right to bear the tools to do so. And when I go to places around the country, including South Carolina, and the last time John Bennett and I were there, I don't know, about a year ago or less, we realized, we asked a couple of questions. We were talking about the founding principles. We had a room in a church uh, of over 300 patriots. And we asked, how many of you consider yourself patriots? Everyone raised their hands. How many of you consider yourselves Christians? Everyone raised their hands. And we asked a couple simple questions and none of them knew the answer. Or did you know questions and none of them knew. Like, did you know at the time of the founding there was a legal requirement in every state constitution at the time, at the time the constitution, the U.S. constitution was ratified, every state constitution required people to publicly profess their Christian faith in order to hold public office. That'll go over Thomas great Jeff- today. Say that again. I said that I'm being facetious in saying that would go over great today. Yeah, because you've got uh, Satan worshipers and pagans yep. in, inside the government, um, and that's okay. And they can do whatever they want, but Christians are abused. And and I want to say this very clearly because it goes back to your very first question about who's the real enemy. These pastors who stand on their pulpits on Sunday mornings and point to the maladies in America, like demented, psychologically deranged people holding public office or in positions in authority in this current administration with very bizarre behavioral issues um, and hardcore communists and others, and they complain about that. And uh, these are the same pastors who will tell you, you know, we shouldn't be pushing Christianity into government because politics and, and, and faith should be separated. Well, if you're going to take the moral teachings of Jesus as Thomas Jefferson referred to them as, where he said, we all agree in the moral teachings mm-hmm. of Jesus, and therefore they have to be imparted in society in order to maintain this republic. But you have pastors, many, many pastors, saying we have to keep politics out of the church and we're concerned about our 501c3. Well, then you're going to get Satanists and pagans and freaks inside your government Man. who want to teach that it's okay to rape your children and bizarre sexual practices are being taught to second and third graders. It's because you, the pastors of America, have failed and American citizens have failed to throw those pastors out the front door. And that's where we are. And I believe that more than anything is the key because in America, the citizens are the king. We are the government. And the counselors to the king are the pastors. John, you have and no matter up, what wait. your denomination. Go ahead. Well, no matter what your denomination is, uh, it's the minority of Catholic priests. It's the minority 
of evangelical pastors. It's the minority of Methodists and Baptists and Presbyterians, pastors that are speaking truth about what's going on and about our founding principles. It's a small minority. John, you have really awakened me to one thing that I had never considered because I know I know how you think and you're a bottom line guy. And you 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 have really awakened me to the thought because I'm always talking about what's going on, what's going on and why it's going on. And you have really awakened me to the thought that it doesn't matter if it's going on. The reason these people are what they are is insignificant. They are what they are for whatever reason they are. And we got to get rid of them. For instance, I have been talking about, you know, the communist plan that I know, you know, very well that you get control of the evangelical churches, change religion to social religion, discredit the Bible, how the communists want to get control of the schools, you know, get control of the teachers union, get control of Hollywood, the media, and all the things, bring in homosexuality, bring in divorce, all these things they wanted to do. And I've always been talking about how the evangelical church has been infiltrated by commun by communism, and they've sent all these people, taken over the institutions and the seminaries, and taken over, and they've been teaching exactly what you said. And my thing was, why are they doing it? And, and, and you're saying it doesn't matter, they're doing it, we got to get rid of them. The big problem here is, as you know, itching ears, they're teaching what way too many people want to hear. So how do we bust this up within the church? Or can we? Well, uh, yes, you can. Um, but I will go back to the reason that understanding the threat, my organization, does what we do at the local level as a part of a national strategy is because that's how this war gets won at the local level and only at the local level as a part of a national strategy. Yes, but it's at the county level that we identify the communists, jihadis or collaborators and financiers, and we flush them out of the community while reestablishing the Republican form of government at the local level. And when you just focus at that, the task at hand becomes significantly easier. And when you do those things I just described, the, the verbiage I use is you fortify your county and you fortify your county by identifying the bad guys and flush them out, reestablishing a Republican form of government. A lot of people will ask questions uh, and I'll, I'll get to the, the church side of this, but people will ask questions. Well, what about the World Economic Forum and what about the United Nations? And what about fill in the blank, you know, the Illuminati or whatever, it's the flavor of the day. And I will just say, what are you going to do about the United Nations? I'll tell you what you're going to do. Nothing. What yep. are you going to do about the World Economic Forum? Nothing. Yep. What we train you to do is where the tentacles of those things come into your local chamber of commerce or your banking system, or your school system or your churches then you identify the people perpetuating this and you render them either much less effective or you flush them out of the community. And there are many lawful ways to make communists and jihadis feel very unwelcome uh, in the community. There are legal ways, well, all lawful ways to do it. And legal, I mean like criminal 
prosecutions and things like that. If you talk to uh, citizens, and I know a number of sheriffs, and they don't have the kinds of problems that other counties have. Because when human traffickers and drug traffickers are in their counties, they hammer them so hard that the, you know, the bad guys are like, well, let's just go to another area. Right. Go to an area where they'll pay you. The citizens are so stupid because they've got Democrats and establishment elite Republicans running the place. And good luck. And you can have your way with them. And the citizens will pay dearly because they keep electing these uh, anti-American, uh, not constitutionally aligned uh, people to run your local and state government. So you're going to get what you deserve, uh, but not in my community. So you work on your community at the at the local level, and when you put that into the to a broader national strategy, you can take back big swaths of your state and therefore of the United States because. Most cities are controlled by communists, uh, including in my home state of Texas, and quite frankly, including South Carolina. Um, it's actually a little better in South Carolina than it is in Texas, but uh, not much. And um, that that's how you do it. So what do you do? You deal with it at the local level. And if you have somebody... I mean, I will tell you, in the last um, 15 years, uh, I've been doing this for 20 years, but in the last 15, 14 years that I've been really traveling the country, and uh, I have met and spoken in so many churches and met with so many pastors, of you name it, the, the denomination. And as I mentioned earlier, I've been surprised at the number of, you know, really good people, but it's a small number, but they're very um, patriotic, uh, unbending, willing to stand firm in the faith and do what's right. But there are also a lot of Christians out there that are just making stuff up, teaching whatever they want uh, about the Christian faith, about uh, the founding principles, about these threats. And, uh, you know, as I just wrote an article a couple days ago, uh, it is the interfaith outreach outreach movement in America that is where the communist and Islamic movements meet and merge with the strongest force. It is the singular most important thing to them because it is the way that they're bringing uh, churches and synagogues to their knees, but not in the way we would want them to. Um, and you've got these arrogant and stupid pastors who are working with jihadis and communists. And, um, you know, I'm getting ready to write an article about this uh, one well-known conservative pastor who just interviewed a, a Muslim who claims to have converted to Christianity. It's just it's a, the, the whole thing is bullcrap. And uh, if you read the hundreds of comments under the video, it's these Christians just gushing about how wonderful this story is. And, how, and, you know, God gave you a brain. Use it. Use some discernment and reason and critical thought. But uh, it's embarrassing. You know, if you compare the Christian church in Africa and you talk to them, not just the, the leaders, you talk to Christians there and you talk to Christians here, you would, it's like comparing a graduate, well, 
uh, if we had, uh, you know, it's like comparing a Thomas Jefferson to a four-year-old because the American, average American Christian is just so naive and uh, well, missing, John, you, missing yeah, John, one of the things you have, you know, you have uh, where Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. So we have a lot of people who are Christians, they go to church, but are they born again? You see, you talked about discernment. The only way you can get discernment is from the Holy Spirit, from God. That's where true discernment comes from. So a lot of people, if they're just a Christian, in other words, they go to church, they do church things, they may read the Bible stuff, but if they're not born again, they really don't have the Spirit of the Lord in them to make the right decisions, do they? Well, I think it's what you've just said about following the Holy Spirit is uh, is important. And Christianity has always married uh, liberty and science and reason with uh, in the faith. It's, it is married to it. So the enemy knows that. That's why the enemy has come at the, uh, the church the way it has. I mean, the communists first penetrated the Catholic seminaries and then the Protestant seminaries. And so you've got people teaching things that are um, well, not Christianity. Mm -hmm. And so um, we have to be able to look people in the eye and speak truth, even when it's uncomfortable. And the, the truth about who we are as Americans, how the, the law of nature, nature's God, is the foundation of our law and government, understanding historically what that has meant uh, up until the last you know 40 years, 40 years, um, and understanding our adversaries. Christians that stand up and say true Islam is, is peaceful and can coincide with Christianity, they're stupid people. They're ignorant people. They're people that uh, don't have the ability to actually discern fact from fiction. And they're dangerous people because when these people are in positions of leadership in the community and churches, um, they do things and take actions that put others at risk. And while there may be uh, individual Muslims, it, people that self-identify as Muslim that don't actually follow the teachings of Islam, that doesn't mean Islam isn't what it is. John, uh, I have to stop you right there because you must, I, I was gonna ask you this down the line, but since you went down this rabbit hole and brought Islam into the conversation, please tell people the danger presented by Islam, because you just nailed the big problem we have and why jihadis and this Islamic movement is able to take hold in this country because there are just far too many Americans and Christians that don't understand what Islam really is. Please tell them. Well, I just say, ask any Muslim that you know, what's the purpose of Islam? That, that that answers the entire question and explains the entire war. But will that Muslim tell you the truth, that it's about submission, that it's about they're going to take over the world, right, for Allah, right? And if it's either by the sword or by any means necessary, that they're about world domination. But, but would he actually tell you that? If you're in a one-on-one -on -one conversation, a lot of them will. Um, that's been my experience. There's a, I had an experience in Iowa 
where a jihadi who's a state legislator in uh, in Iowa I was given a presentation and we had communists in, in the front row with the jihadi sitting like alternate seats and uh-huh. <laughs> the state legislator who's a jihadi walked in in the middle and there was the the local Hamas guy was there um and uh, after I finished speaking, the Hamas guy came up to me and there's a great somebody snapped a picture and gave it to me and I've used it in some of my articles. But he came up and he said, you know, you're 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 really painting with a broad brush. And I said, exactly what am I saying? And he started to explain to me what he meant. And I said, so in Islam, uh, for instance, are you saying that the purpose of Islam is not to impose Islamic law on every human on Earth? And he said, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, okay, is Islam, are you saying that Islam, since it came up in the conversation uh, when I was presenting, that Islam mandates that all homosexuals be killed? And um, he said, well, yeah, but the way you said it. And I said, well, wait a minute, but are you saying that if you commit adultery, you should be killed? And he said, yes. And if you're homosexual, you should be killed. And he said, yes, of course. And I said, well, do you understand why patriots in this room might not think that's compatible with our understanding in law and government of individual unalienable rights? And he said, well, yes, I guess I can understand that, but you just shouldn't be saying it. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's the point is um, I've had many discussions when you get one on one with these guys and they know I know. So they actually, there's a level of respect there that we can have an adult conversation that I can't have with most, you know, many pastors or government officials because they're too stupid to have these conversations. Too ignorant is actually, they could be intelligent people, but they're grossly ignorant about things they're supposed to know because of their jobs and their authority. So that's where we find ourselves. And when you ask or just go to, Uh, the textbooks used for third graders or eighth graders in U.S. Islamic schools. And what does it say the purpose of Islam is? And I'll answer the question, since most people probably do not have a seventh grade textbook used in U.S. Islamic schools to teach Islam. But the most widely used textbook in U.S. Islamic schools that teaches Islam is called What Islam is All About. And it says that the purpose of Islam is to impose Allah's divine law, Sharia, on every human on earth. That's it. And that the Quran and the Sunnah are the the resources, the the foundation of all of Allah's laws, meaning the Quran, the written, uncreated word of Allah, God, according to Muslims, and the example of the prophet uh, Muhammad. And that is, that's it right there. And those things form with scholarly consensus, Islamic law. And everything in Islamic law as it relates to non-Muslims is all locked down. So as you said, um, when Islam comes into a community uh, and imposes or attempts to impose the Islamic state and Sharia there, non-Muslims have that our pagans have only two choices. You convert to Islam or you're killed. If you are a Jew, a Christian, or a Zoroastrian, and you're a people of the book, which is how Islam defines you, you had a holy book at the time of the Prophet Muhammad, 
then you have a third option, which is you can submit to Islamic law, pay non-Muslim poll tax, and feel yourself subdued under the Islamic State. And that's a quote out of the law. Now, there is no other version of Islam ever in the history of Islam. And there is no authoritative Islamic law that says there is. And there's no textbook for first graders anywhere on the planet ever that's existed that says something different than that. So when people say, well, the real, like this video I just saw of this Christian pastor listening to this Muslim and, you know, she's telling him, oh, yeah, I know that's radical Islam. I believe in, you know, true Islam. And I left Islam uh, and now I'm a Christian. And uh, they just gobble this up. Because we don't know, you know, and if you're if you're a pastor and you tell your flock of sheep that this wolf is another sheep and you tell them that because you're too stupid to know that it's a wolf, then you're unfit for your job. Uh, but th I could replace pastor with senator, congressman, president, mm -hmm. vice president, national security advisor, mayor, sheriff, police chief, chamber of commerce, you know, fill in the blank. You've got to know this stuff, but it's not just Islam is the problem is you've got a massive Islamic network in the United States that we can tie to every violent jihadi attack in the U.S., including 9-11, where this network is identifiable and it supports these acts, but they're working hand in hand with communists in general and Chinese communists specifically because Black Lives Matter um, and, and others, those are Chinese communist organizations. And there are many of them, you know, uh, Asians for Black Lives. And there, there are so many of these organizations that are running, literally being run out of the Chinese consulates, specifically in San Francisco, among others. But uh, that's where we're at. And for people not to know these things, is one thing for you to engage in these with these people and take their side against patriots and take actions that put patriots in harm you're no longer a neutral party you are now an, a, a hostile actor for enemies of the united states john you've got that we got it john we have to do a public service announcement people i'm giving you five seconds if you're standing up to sit down one two three four five okay we did this out of public service because my next question will put you on the floor if you're not sitting down john since you have told them about islam and what islam's really about now let's get down to the meat of what a huge huge problem is in this nation leading all the way up to the highest reaches of government and that is the muslim brotherhood's infiltration everywhere well um the muslim brotherhood controls the national security decision making process as it relates to this war so whether it's decisions being made by the national security staffs the uh, uh congressional staffs on the intelligence homeland security committee in the Senate, uh, in DOD, uh, in the FBI and CIA, these are controlled by the Muslim Brotherhood. If you if you go to the FBI's outreach page, the three Muslim organizations listed are all Muslim Brotherhood. Um, if you look at examples, 
um, the guy who was the advisor to President Clinton for eight years, Abdurrahman Alamudi, uh, went to prison, was sentenced to 23 years in prison because he was a financier for Al Qaeda, among other things. Um, if we look down the line at, I, I can tell you we could, and we do, uh, as you are well aware, if you just look at the um, um, penetration in, inside our system at all levels, uh, inside the um, you know agriculture department, inside the treasury department, inside the state department, you've got uh, the Islamic Society of North America, for instance, was identified in the largest terrorism financing trial in U.S. history, which was a U.S. versus Holy Land Foundation trial adjudicated in Dallas, 2008. And the evidence identifies this as a Muslim Brotherhood organization that sent money directly from their accounts to Hamas organizations and leaders overseas. And in 2016, their president got the FBI director's award from James Comey, for instance. Now, I'm just giving you a couple wave tops here. That that same guy was lauded by the uh, Mr. Obama's chief of staff. Um, and we could kind of go on and on. A guy named Dennis McDonough, who was his deputy national security advisor before he was chief of staff. Um, if we look at uh, the new Virginia governor, two days after the election, he went to this guy's name's Mohammed Majin. Uh, the former director of ISNA, whose mosque, Muslim Brotherhood Mosque, the Adams Center in Sterling, Virginia, uh, was the first place brand new Governor Yunkin went to talk about how great this Muslim Brotherhood leader is and uh, his mosque. Um, but that these are these are almost sidebar conversations. You have uh, you know President Bush right after 9/11 going into the Islamic Center of Washington. And uh, standing right behind him is an entire line of jihadis, including the leader of Hamas in the United States over one shoulder and Abdurrahman Alamudi's deputy over the other shoulder, the Al-Qaeda guy. Um, we had Al-Qaeda leader Anwar Awlaki doing presentations inside the U.S. Congress. We've got uh, Al-Qaeda supporter Anwar Hajjaj, who... who was the leader of uh, Taiba International, which funds Al-Qaeda, speaking inside the U.S. Capitol. Um, I mean, I mean the, we can just go on and on. We've got uh, Suhail Khan, who on 9-11 was serving inside the White House, and his father is one of the most prolific Muslim Brotherhood leaders uh, in American history, who's deceased now. I mean, the Islamic Society in North America has an annual award called the Maboob Khan Award, to honor Suhail Khan's father. He's in the Bush White House after 9-11 and serves with a secret clearance for uh, as an advisor to two successive secretaries of transportation with, therefore, uh, an insight into America's infrastructure. We've got a guy whose name was Gomorad Kalimov, who was trained five times in weapons and tactics, including training in the United States by the U.S. State Department, and he's an ISIS commander, military commander. John, my head's about to explode. You know, we've been through this so many times. It, I won't even get into how all those people got into the, it got into these positions. They don't have time. 
please tell us how do we get them out? I, I understand under the, and we're going to talk about what understanding the threat actually does. So, but you know, we can do it on the ground, but it's going to take so long on the ground level. But how, how do we identify these people within government? And here's the scary part, people. This is what will make the hair stand up. It should on your body. Tell them about the infiltration of the FBI by the Muslim Brotherhood. Well, I mean, uh, I just, uh, you know, did a great uh, article just published not long before this interview uh, entitled The Effectiveness of UTT. And uh, in 2014, uh, in August, 75 communist and jihadi organizations sent a letter to President Obama's counterterrorism advisor, Lisa Monaco, who's now part of the Biden administration. And they were asking her to shut me and understanding the threat down. Mm -hmm. And a month later, we were doing, and I don't think the timing was accidental because a month later we were scheduled to go to Arizona and do a major presentation there. And of course, the ACLU and jihadi organizations, Hamas, Muslim Brotherhood organizations, came out of the woodwork and called for the county attorney in Maricopa County, Arizona, not to bring us in. And uh, he told them in public uh, press conferences, look, I've seen this material. This is factual. It's evidentiary. We're opening cases based on this material. And uh, officers in Arizona and this county need to be trained in this to the point that the county attorney ordered that every attorney in his office be come through our training. And we did several there, uh, quite a number of them over a period of several years. And so I encourage people to go to our website, understandthreat.com, read that article, and it really encompasses everything. But I do want to challenge you, though, Gary, it is at the local level that we have. I know. We have to focus. And and while it is painful to wait and watch what's happening at the national level, it can't be fit. We cannot. If we elected tomorrow, 535 guys like pick your favorite person, Ron DeSantis, Jim, Jim Jordan, Devin Nunes, I don't know, whoever it is, whoever your favorite person you think is a patriotic, constitutionally minded individual, if we had 535 of them in the Congress, you still have a bureaucracy that is completely polluted by communists primarily and jihadis. So the, the if you replaced the entire FBI with patriotic FBI agents that, and leadership most importantly, it's going to take years to unscrew that place because oh, of the- oh, 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 John. Okay, good. All right. Hold on. Hold on. John, I love you, man. I, I'm with you. This is why I do what I do on the ground roots level. But when you, people see, they don't understand. It took 65 years to get to this place. They want to change it overnight. So, no, you got to do it naturally. I said, no, you've got to do it on the ground level. John, replacing the FBI. I get it. Tell the people, explain what the FBI used to be like and what do you see the FBI like now? Well, clearly the FBI is a, is a tool for tyranny. Uh, you've got a, the fact that you had an FBI director, a deputy director and the assistant director for 
counterintelligence involved in a coup plot to remove a sitting president in numerous violations mm-hmm. of the law that on multiple occasions filed uh, an application and reapplied for a to the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance uh, Court, uh, the FISA court, to surveil the president, his family, and his staff unlawfully based on something they knew they were that was a lie. Um, that's the FBI and the, the leadership in there. And while not every leader in the FBI is a traitor, that's not what I'm saying, but it is a disaster. And it's a disaster in, in, in basic ways, uh, in basic investigative ways, things that they are simply not capable of doing, uh, the way they're hiring, uh, it's just, it's unprofessional. And the counterintelligence penetrations that, you know, you, not just the FBI, but the CIA, the Department of Defense, the Defense Intelligence Agency, the National Security Academy, we're more focused. And again, this is not just woke. This is intentional policy meant to destroy our warfighting capability to make us vulnerable to collapse an enemy attack. That you've got to, people have got to stop. Well, if we just, you know, we're going to, we're going to get to the next election. Weren't you the one who told me you thought the 2020 election was fraudulent? Yes. Yep. But you're now telling me I'm supposed to wait until an election to fix things? You Again, if we replaced all the leaders in the bureau today, you still have a systemic problem. If you replace the entire Congress today with clones of George Washington, the bureaucracy is still so polluted at the federal level, it must be fixed at the local level, which is why understanding the threat is laser focused on training communities, as many communities as we can, as quickly as possible, how to identify these people and organizations at the county level, flush them out, and reestablish Republican form of government. That, as a part of the, the national the strategy, that is how we win. You've got to start fortifying as many counties as you can. And it means you have to stop tolerating lukewarm leaders. I mean, in Texas, you got 70% of Texas voters in the primaries voted for Governor Greg Abbott, who's an absolute train wreck when it comes to liberty. He's doing a lot of things publicly now. This is the same guy that's undermining our schools, undermining our financial system. It's a, it's an absolute train wreck. Um, but, you know, we go with who we like. And I, we've got establishment Republicans running Texas, quite frankly. Um, so Texas, Texas is in real danger. Um, but that's why at the local level, because in most states, including Texas, you've got a handful of state legislators that are patriots and the rest of them couldn't give a rip. And that's I hear you, at. John. I, I hear you, John. Now, please, exam, because you meant you talked about what you do, understanding the threat. What what I'd like you to do now is tell people your background and how you got from who you were to why you organize understanding the threat and how you go about doing what you do. So uh, that's a great question. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to answer that. <clears throat> You're welcome. What we do is we, uh, communities that 
hear us speak or find out about us, invite us in. We get a couple dozen people or so, um, and we spend three days with them. And these are people that want to engage. And we explain the from the big picture, the threat in the United States and, and even more broadly. And then we bring it right down to the local level and we teach them how they do what they do, how to identify them. We obviously uh, teach them about America's founding principles and what we're defending and how this country is supposed to operate. And then we show them how to organize uh, as a team and the different roles and responsibilities, how to identify the bad guys and how to use lawful and very creative means to get them out of the community. And then we share a lot of our uh, victories over the year with them and things, people we've trained and the creative ways they've gone after the bad guys and shut them down and forced them out or you know, force them to move out of the community. So there are a lot of, um, a lot of ways that can can be done. And uh, while uh, concurrently reestablishing a Republican form of government at the county level. Now, here's one thing I think is very important for people to hear me say. There are people that are out there that will say, well, that's awesome. Um, but I'm already involved in this. I'm already in the, in the you know precinct chair or I'm already uh, doing this at my church or I'm in the VFW and I'm already so I can't do another thing. Well, this is not another thing. It, it, this goes for people that like my whole life revolves around pro-life issues or I'm heavily engaged in the right to keep and bear arms or uh, the right to free expression or um, holding media accountable or whatever your issue is. What I tell you is I'm not asking you, uh, though, you people that are doing that, but we're not asking you to do anything extra. What we're saying is by coming through this training program, it's like walking in to a 3D movie without your glasses and watching for 15, 20 minutes and you don't know what's going on and understanding the threat walks in and puts the glasses on you. Mm. And now you perceive what's actually going on in your community with completely different eyes because now you know who the players are, how they're operating, what they're doing, and you realize, well, I'm bumping into them all the time. That's right, you are. And by taking certain actions, you're actually unintentionally helping them because you don't know that these people are bad, for instance. Um, that's why this training is so critical. If you know, if you read the today's article, and I have links to some audio from police officers who came through our training, and if you listen to them, one after the another, another will just said, you know, I didn't know this information, and this is critical to protecting my community, and I see things in a completely different way. I can tell you, both citizens. And law enforcement, when they've gone through our training, have said the same thing, is they look back at experiences they've had and they realize, holy cow, I just realized when I went to a church event and they brought this guy in, he was actually, you know, an Al-Qaeda guy in a suit. Or when I, as a police officer, experienced this, I realized I completely missed what was actually going on right in front of me. 
because I did not know. That's the power and the value of what understanding the threat brings. Absolutely. Let me, I'll give you one more. We have one more mic drop here. I'm going to just mention one name and drop the mic and you can just say what you want. James Comey. (laughs) (laughs) I don't You you know, I'm not sure I have to drop the mic on this one. He's pretty much dropped it on himself. But, (laughs) you know, here is a guy that publicly admitted and that for your listening audience, I would ask how many of you knew James Comey was a communist? And many people don't know that. Many people I know that are patriots don't know that. James Comey admitted in a 2003 New York Magazine article that he was a communist. And he said, I'm trying to figure out, you know, you know, politically where I am now. Now, here's my here's the reason I, I bring this up besides the obvious fact that it should be a two by four to your head if you weren't aware of this. In a system in America, a governmental system that functions after that article's published, counterintelligence officers show up at James Comey's door, who at the time was a senior attorney inside the Department of Justice, and they call him in for a full-blown counterintelligence investigation and interview, and they make him explain himself. When were you a member of the Communist Party? Are you working with foreign governments? Those are the kind of questions a professional counterintelligence apparatus would, you know, things that we would do, but we don't have that. We don't have a counterintelligence apparatus in the United States today. The system is so polluted and corrupted and broken that not only did he not get fired and investigated, he was elevated in the DOJ and he was elevated to be director of the FBI. If that doesn't explain to your your listeners how broken and corrupted the system is, I'm not sure I have any other better examples because in a system that functions, Comey not only doesn't become the FBI director, he is removed from the Department of Justice and a full investigation is underway because he publicly admitted, I, who swore an oath to the Constitution, actually have fidelity to the Communist Party. That's why I was a communist. Um, but we didn't do that. And that right there is all the evidence you need to know how broken and corrupted the American federal government is. Yeah, you, you nailed that, John. Now, one thing you one thing that you always do, and I really appreciate this, because a lot of people think these issues are somewhere else. Yeah, there's a problem there, but it's not in my community. So can you kind of just let the listeners know where are the is the jihadi and the communists working together or singularly because they think yeah it's, it may be in new york it may be in san oh but it's not in my community let them know how close to home this really is well that's a great question um so there are two parts to that one they're pretty much everywhere But I had a a gentleman I was working with last week, and he's from a part of the country, and his little community has less than 3,000 people, wildly patriotic, um, and they don't have these issues in their local community right now. 
Um, and that's actually true. And you will find it's rare, but you'll find communities like that around the United States. Um, but I, I posed some questions to him and of course he started smiling and realized, you know, I got him, uh, you know, does anyone in your community ever go to a concert or ever go on vacation or do they ever fly or do they ever go to malls? So they're being exposed to these, the physical dangers of potential attacks. Does anyone in your community use a bank? Does anybody in your community use a bank that's not a local bank? It's a national bank or even an international bank, you know, whether it's Bank of America or Citibank or whatever. Does anybody use one of those? Yeah. Okay. So because all of these places have been penetrated by both the communists and the, the jihadis and there are issues there as well. So the, the point I'm trying to make is it is affecting you. The things I'm talking about, both physically, physical threats and threats to your family through economic warfare, uh, you know, in the from the Islamic side, Sharia compliant finance, businesses spending uh, hundreds of millions of dollars to support the communist effort. And you think in your community that's not going to affect you down the road? Of course it is. So there's both the imminent physical threat and the longer term threat. And here's the last point to answer your question. That's great. Your community is rock solid. Well, they're taking over counties all across the, co the country, including very rural areas. They are intentionally targeting rural areas in certain parts of the country. So if your county, if the counties surrounding your county all get gobbled up, how well do you think you're going to do if you're not prepared and untrained? Not a sermon, just a thought. There you go. John, your latest book is called uh, Islam's Deception, The Truth About Sharia. Tell us why you wrote it and what do you want us to know? Um, well, I think it goes back to what we've been talking about this entire time. If you don't know the enemy, you can't um, take actions against the enemy that are going to be effective. So I keep running into people who keep saying, hey, we've got this new group together, another new group, and we're going to do X, Y, and Z. And my comment to them is, I love your heart. That's great. Uh, but your group still doesn't have a clue about what's actually going on. So uh, can we come in? No, no, we, we got it. We got it. We, we all got it. And then you just ask three questions, and they look at you, and they realize they don't have it. So just like understanding communism in its real and practical form is critical in this war, understanding what Islamic normative and universally taught Islamic doctrine, which is Sharia, what it says and how that impacts your local community is critical. Have to know it. And in the book, I discuss the, the entire war and the fact that we've been waging the United States been at war for over 20 years uh, in multiple countries. Uh, and at no point did any of our generals or civilian leaders ever think it was important to know the enemy, which is why we lost the wars. Um, and we continue to lose this war catastrophically at the in the domestic uh, here domestically. I hear you, John. John, my final question. 
Uh, you know, it's been kind of peaceful here for a while, you know, as far as you don't hear much about jihadi attacks in our nation. However, uh, my question to you is, is that a false sense of security? How big an issue is jihadi attacks today? Well, uh, first of all, um, we're in Ramadan. And so normally in Ramadan, like in the combat zone and in Europe and America, we can expect uh, something. Uh, we know that ISIS and Al Qaeda are working together, for instance, in Al Qaeda uh, in uh, Afghanistan to go after uh, others. Um, so we are continuing to see the ramp up. But more importantly, here in North America, the uh, the Brotherhood is really and and when I say the Muslim Brotherhood movement, it includes the entire Islamic movement in North America. The Muslim Brotherhood just happens to be the 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 keys, but strategically. Uh, there is a lot of activity. So the the likelihood of attacks, albeit whether they're organized uh, attacks, meaning ISIS, Al-Qaeda attacks, uh, Pakistan, Iran-supported uh, attacks, or whether they're individual acts of jihad, it doesn't matter. Um, the the Remember, the violence, just like the violence done by the communists, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, uh, burning down American cities. The violence isn't the point. The violence accelerates all that they're trying to do in the non-violent realm, which is to get us to acquiesce, give them what they want, and uh, to advance their cause that way. So there will be more uh, jihadi attacks. Um, they're, they're, they're already going on in uh, Africa and Asia and elsewhere and occasionally in uh in Europe, uh, they're just just because they're not being reported doesn't mean they're not uh, happening. So that's the uh, that's the quick assessment of where we are right this second. I hear you, John. And since you said that, because we're talking about external attacks, I just want to just before you go throw in one other thing, since you did mention it, because uh, the, the founders and the people that got behind the Black Lives Matter movement, they were trained by Maoist Chinese factions of how to do this. So can you kind of address from somebody who has been inside the government as an FBI agent, address the combination of like Black Lives Matter, Antifa and critical race theory, what that is doing to try and collapse us from inside the nation? Well, I mean, it's you're seeing the culmination of what you've already described as a hundred year communist movement, a 60 year Islamic movement. These are uh, issues and tactics and so long as we focus on the issues and not on the root cause, which is this cabal of the Islamic movement, communist movement, their collaborators and financiers, we're going to be spinning our wheels because they'll keep throwing up more. Uh, so part of what they're doing is they're using the uh, LGBT uh, transgender mm -hmm. uh, issues to uh, really destroy uh, what they believe is the final death knell to the uh, American uh, cultural society. You had, uh, you know, back in, a, in 2000, you know, 85% of Americas, uh, Americans identified as Christians. Uh, and in recent polling, you've got about 65%. Uh, it's about 
you know, 20% in 20 years. It's it's brutal uh, because our children are being indoctrinated in public schools. I always tell people when they ask, well, how do I get my public school changed? I'd say, I'd pull, uh, pull your children out of the public schools. Uh-huh. I think everyone should do that. And if it means you got to move to a smaller house and uh, do it, uh, because if you actually care about the country, it is time to take some drastic measures. But I wouldn't keep there are only a handful of counties I'm aware of around the country where, uh, you know, they're still running things the, the way they they should be run. They're running them, meaning the public school is controlled by patriotic uh, people who understand the founding principles and are running things that way. And there are counties that never shut down during the pandemic, the quote unquote pandemic. Um So again, these issues we're discussing, it all comes down to being handled at the local level. I'm in agreement with you, John. John, I really appreciate it. And I'm sure our listeners will appreciate the time because you are a very busy man zipping around trying to save America. I really appreciate that from you. And I really appreciate the time you've given us. Please tell people how they can reach you, how they can reach Understanding the Threat and anything else you'd like to promote. Yes, I would encourage people to go to understandingthethreat.com, sign up for the newsletter right there on the homepage uh, because it plugs you into everything we're doing. And I would encourage you, bring the Into Action training program to your community. Just go to our website, hit the contact page and say, I want to bring this here. We've got at least, you know, 20, 30 people we can train here. And we'll start start that uh, that process going. And again, um, we also need support. So we are a you know a corporation here in Texas, but we have a nonprofit that was set up to support and partner with us. And so uh, we always tell people get trained and get in the fight, or fund the war effort, or do both. But so we need financial support to continue doing what we're doing. The, the business revenue we get is great, but the stuff we're doing, this stuff costs money. And just like in the revolution, we had people step up and support great patriotic causes. We're the only organization in the West that is doing what we're doing. We're the only ones that actually train people to teach what we do. Nobody else does this. And we know this because we work with people in Europe and elsewhere. Uh, and in Canada. Um, So put your money where your mouth is, go to understandingthethreat.com, get trained, bring into action to your your hometown or donate and fund the war effort. And uh, we've got, if you get the newsletter, it shows you all kinds of ways you can be connected uh, with us and we would greatly appreciate that. But, you know, our mission statement our, uh, our, I should say our tagline on our logo is, you know, vanquishing uh, liberty's enemies. And that's what, that's, that is what we're doing, vanquishing liberty's enemies and restoring the republic. So thanks for having me, understandingthethreat.com. John, thanks for coming on. And <clears throat> I'm looking forward to seeing you at Rock the Red and listening to you again. And you'll listening to you again, and you'll probably get me fired up again. So uh, I'll be sitting with a couple people to uh, make sure I don't, uh, you know, just lose it because uh, you were very instrumental the first time I heard you because I had no idea about a lot of this stuff. And boy, that that led me on a rabbit search hunt 
to really find out what the heck is going on. And you were one of the reasons I started bringing on people like you and Trevor Loudon and Claire Lopez that you have been that know what you're talking about and can really give listeners an idea of what's really going on within the inner reaches of this government, because we're in a war for the fight of our lives. And most people don't know it. That is correct. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks. God bless you and your family. Once again, looking forward to seeing you next month. Mr. John Guandolo, everybody. And there you have it. He told it like it is. He's got impeccable credentials. You can search out. And as John will always tell you, just don't take his, say it, take it as fact because he says it. Look it up because everything he said is researchable. Once again, John Guandolo. I want to thank John Guandolo for opening eyes in regard to the imminent danger the communist Islamic movement presents to our nation. We need to make sure those in our circles of influence are aware of this destructive duo while we still have times to do something about it. This podcast is available for download at RadioInfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. Hope you'll subscribe to it, leave a rating and a review. And be sure to tell your friends about the show. That's it for now, folks. Thanks for joining us. So until the next time, this is your host, Gary Benford, saying God bless you, God bless your families, and God bless America.